That Record Got Me High is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. Is This Tomorrow catalogs the absurdities taking place at the Zorro News Channel and is available at isthistomorrow.com and on Facebook by searching for Is This Tomorrow. That record got me high and Is This Tomorrow bring you excerpts from a 1979 interview with Steely Dan discussing their history as a group. Just, uh, you know, I don't like to front uh, a band. You know, you have to talk to the audience, tell jokes. We were going to get matchbooks like this and have a picture of Donald and, and can you sing like this man so we could get another lead singer and, you know, and you just have to play the piano. Okay. I, I don't like the, uh, you know, jock atmosphere of traveling rock and roll band either. It's, you know... It's corny, you know, it's just corny and boring and silly. Steely Dan was changing. They'd started out as a group of guys building a band. But with each album, Donald and Walter brought in outside players to handle special parts. Then Jeff Baxter, guitarist in the original band, left to join the Doobie Brothers. He was followed by one of the background singers, Michael McDonald. What was going on? Here's Steely Dan producer Gary Katz. Donald's and Walter's music was evolving and it was opening into um, more sophisticated and uh, sort of an expansion of their own style. And they wanted the freedom to be able to utilize as many styled players as fit the different tunes that were then starting to be written. So the better it sounds, the better we sound. Good luck with all that. Yep. <laughs> right. So we're, we're rolling. We're all right. ready to go. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we are very happy to have you guys here for our probably, this could be our most our most don't controversial don't episode don't ever. I don't, oh, even, I don't know why. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say something else. I was like, don't, don't tempt fate. Right. And uh, Gary, uh, we have a guest today, and his name is Mr. Gary Messick. So welcome, Gary, to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, you were a previous guest. We That's did right. uh, Nick Lowe, right? Exactly, yes. Yes, and you did pure pop, job. Pure pop for now people. That was right. it. And Gary is a now person. You're a And that's one of the records musician? we did that I would actually just listen to again, all over again. Oh, no yeah, problem. yeah. I did yeah. definitely. It's a great record. That. I did. Yes. Um, so your, your music project you're doing now, is it a Cool Blue Halo? Are you guys calling it Cool Blue Halo? Now, or is uh, it called, no, is it the probably not. We're gonna Gary change. Messick experience, or yeah. Something? <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna change the name. I you know could what it's be, call be. it game G A M E Gary Messick experience. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, a ter- uh, that's a terrible name. I'm kidding, yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. No, it is. Uh, and you are a screenwriter too. Uh, I, I am, you but are? I'm still waiting to have this this movie made that I wrote. Oh, so, can, uh, can you talk? I didn't even know you could talk about it. Can you talk about it? Uh, you know, it's it's, it's yeah, actually cooler talk. to say you can't talk about. It. Yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I can talk about it, but it's it's really not that interesting Don't right talk now. About it. Yeah, no, just say you can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but you have some irons in the fire. Yeah, there are. You're working. You're working on something else that could be your your big uh, your big break. 
What's that? The thing that I, that I ask you to work on. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You oh, really yeah. can't talk about Pretend that. Pretend you remember what he asked you to do. <laughs> no, no he does. Crazy. He remembers. Yeah. He remembers. I'll expect before we're done, I'll expect the mm. draft on my uh, desk. Is your movie like Black Brady Bunch? Wouldn't that be a good movie? <laughs> yeah, it's... it's <laughs> that would that actually sounds like it would. <laughs> that yeah, would that would be. A, that would be yeah. really fucking. Tyler great Perry movie. presents like Randy Bunch. <laughs> All right, we're getting off track a little. Uh, so Gary, we mm-hmm. brought you back to the show to talk about what are we talking about? Ah, uh, we are talking about the Steely Dan album Pretzel Logic. Yeah, from nineteen seventy four, I believe. Yes, when we were when we were young. Their third yep. uh, Steely Dan's third record, and I'm going to say right off the bat. That there are apparently uh, there's a lot of people obviously that love Steely Dan, but there's a lot of people that hate yeah, it's Steely polarizing Dan. Polarizing yes. figures. And I will fully admit that I, until probably kind of recently, was one of those haters. Can you say that a lot of, about a lot of bands though? A lot of artists. A lot yeah, of people them, a lot of people I always like Steely yeah, Dan, I so. and I, I've, I've, I've always liked him. I never had a issue. You and, always, you always liked him from the get go. From the get go, right. yeah. And you know what? That you know who you know who really hates him too. Is Kramer? Kramer really? Oh, does he really? You want to get an argument with Kramer? I can see him hating. Say how good Steely Dan are, and he will. Okay, well, there's a writer. Why they aren't? Writer uh, Mark Blake had a really good quote about them. They say, he said, fond over and. Derided, fond uh, yep. and derided in equal measure. Steely Dan are a rock and roll group that aren't really a group and don't really like rock and roll, but have sold fifty million <laughs> records to people who do. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's like that. It is bad. rock and roll. It it, it actually it especially is the earlier records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and um, the rock and roll influence is all is always there. It's jazzy, but it's still right based right. on rock and roll sure. or funk or R and B. And that jazzy, and, and that's why I think for so long. I didn't, I, you know, whatever I was into, I was into, you know, uh, punk and new, but other, I liked other classic rock, but I always, I think, like a lot of people, I didn't like the idea of, of Steely Dan, because I thought they were just a bunch of, the idea of them is just that they're a bunch of studio musician hacks making like these sterile songs. Right. But that's like a, a Toto, like a band like Toto is, yeah, they're is not that. Yeah, they're Toto, yeah. Is that they're just like a studio band that yeah. makes shitty, yeah, yeah, right. uh, like soulless music. Right. But Steely Dan is actually it's not that. When in, I, in case anyone hasn't guessed, we're not going to be doing that Toto record. No, we're not. Was, <laughs> and we'll and when anyone Toto. had big high hopes or front loaded their expectations, <laughs> yeah. they're going to do Toto soon. But I, oh, that's disappointing. But Steely Dan, they're one of these bands that you can't escape because they were they were all over the radio yeah. in the seventies and the eighties and Eight, like AM hits, you know, like like and like legit FM pop hits. Right. Like, yeah. 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 And uh, and I remember I would hear him and I just go, oh, Steely Dan. But then I don't know. It was sometime in the two thousands or something uh, where I just started. People say, oh, but the lyrics. So I started like yeah. paying attention to the lyrics. And yeah. then And wow, okay. And that's was my yeah. entrance into them was how right. the lyrics. Wow, these guys are singing actually about a lot of dark subjects. And, and the lyrics are really. Char- there's uh, a lot of interesting characters hidden in there. Yeah, there are, and yes, and it's yeah. sort of, and then it, I, I, it all, it all sort of clicked for me, and then I started listening to them a lot. <laughs> yeah, right, right. the records are ear candy. That's just flat out. They're great if you, they're great headphone records to listen to. Yeah, yeah. There's right. just beautiful. There's a sheen to them. There's a slickness to them. It's um, it's yacht rock with an edge. That's the thing. There's always uh, there's always um, something in there that's that's a little grittier. That's a little um, 
the chords that are a little more uh, dissonant and a, a, a lyrical content that's much more um, darker. Because those guys were, as we d- were discussing before the show, they were um, not teetotalers. They were involved in... Well, I think particularly... Uh Walter Becker. Did we mention the the, the members? No, yeah. we did not. We did. Okay, let's go ahead. Do it, Gary. Give yeah. us a little. Uh, give us a little outline of, uh, of Steely Dan. Yeah. So the 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 basic members, the two only really steady members throughout the whole uh, uh, history of the band, were Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, uh, who met at Bard College in upstate New York. Right. Uh, right. And they're both students on there. Exactly. <laughs> right. On Hudson, New York. And from what I've read, um, they were just basically. Became friends immediately because they're almost basically the same guy because they yes. shared a lot of things in common. They, yeah, they were both into jazz. They were both into the beat writers. They were yep. both into science fiction. They were not. They, you were, could, they were not guys that would have a lot of girls hanging around. Right, them. exactly. <laughs> they were. They were very smart, but you know, kind of snarky, sardonic, yes. dry yeah. humor. The both of didn't them. suffer fools, didn't like right. the straight crowd. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, hung around with weirdos in town, probably. I think that was figures in their story, too. Yes, yes. They met somebody, somebody with a, you know, they had, they shared a particular other passion with somebody they met in town. That was be cocaine. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, I believe that that was, uh, there was, uh, you know, and then they Started a band, had a band for two records, and then at the end of this tour for the for um for this one, this they they toured a little for this record for yeah, but this logic, was, but then but they had announced before they made this record that oh we hired studio musicians to come in and. You know, I guess the drummer, the, the the drummer from the first two records, plays he, on like he sang some. No, he sang some backups. Back, that's it. He didn't right, play drums yeah. on any of this. Record. Yeah, I think it's but right. um, they still had the guitar player, the great um, Jeff uh, Baxter, Jeff yes. Skunk Baxter. Yes. Still yeah, played he's, on he's, this record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they still had some of the band, but yeah, after this, they basically they they would basically just wanted to make the records they wanted to make, and they would get what whatever musicians they felt were the best musicians to to. Yeah, I think they had a sound they heard in their head. Both of them that they wanted right. to get and they would do basically whatever it took to get that sound whoever whatever musician they right. could rope in but um i'm not sure if that was a shit i guess i'm I, you know i don't know that much about their creative process together um that's been a little bit of mystery yeah, do you know it, it's kind of hard do you know like what do they ever break it down and say oh well he wrote this lyrics he wrote uh, these i think the basic thing with them was that Donald Fagan would basically come up with the chord progressions and uh, the two of them would sit together and come up with the lyrics and and figure out the melody and right yeah so but it 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 really was a it really was a shared process yeah I think they would sit together and 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 write together right Uh, the I read somewhere there's one song I know Bodhisattva on yeah uh, Countdown Ecstasy is entirely Fagan, but that's the only song I think of theirs where only one of them right, wrote right. the song. So were you always a fan? Were you a fan from the beginning, like when you first heard them? Did you, did you, um, did you remember the first time you heard them? Yeah, uh, I, Chris, I, I'm, I know I heard their big radio hits back in the day. Of course. When I was yeah. a little kid, yeah. uh, Reeling in the Ears and, and uh, from do their first again. record. Yeah, do, it do it again, again in Reeling in the Ears. Yeah. But what I remember is what really caught my ear was uh, the title track off Pretzel Logic. Yeah. When I heard it, and I don't know if it's because I'd started taking piano lessons, but I remember listening yeah. to that song and hearing the chorus and going, yeah. whoa, yeah. 
there's something really weird yeah. about those chords. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or chords right. like that. Yeah. And I remember I got the sheet music and I looked at it and the the, the chorus consists of, of like major triads. Yeah. But the bass tones are usually in pop music the bass tone is gonna be the root of the, the chorus. chorus. Yeah. But they were playing like the, the, the fourth, yeah, the ninth, yeah, all these odd tones. Yeah underneath the the chords and it and it just gave right. it entirely what different what he's sound. Pl- playing is not <laughs> exotic in jazz but it is exotic right. in in rock and pop music right. um it definitely gives it that flavor um and that and his vocals also give that you know he's there they, on the first record was it only on the first record or the first and second record they had the the other guy that would sing an actual oh, singer right. yeah and yeah. um <laughs> yeah. yeah it was weird because he was Uncomfortable singing, and especially live, right. they would he would have the uh, other he would want other singers. To That's sing. right. Donald Fagan never wanted to be the lead singer of Steely Dan in the beginning, and had to be talked into it by right. everyone else who thought he was perfect he, to be he, the lead singer for the band. He, I think he really it's that is because his voice just lends a certain um, he. He's never overdoing it. He never oversings. And he's, right. he's got yeah. that smooth And he sounds delivery. like he knows the characters he's talking about. Yeah. That's the thing. When he sings these things, it sounds like, oh, yeah, he's discussing something that he really feels yeah. and really did. Yeah, because he's got a strange, distinct voice. He does. That suits the, the subject matter. Very of much so. Yeah, yeah. Very much it so. It does. And, and uh, when you dig into the lyrics... It's not like they use all these big words no. or pseudo-intellectual. What I really like about it, his writing, or their writing, whatever, reminds me a lot of Lou Reed. What I like about of Lou course. Reed is that they tell, they, they manage to just pick the perfect words yeah. to just sort of paint a picture and tell yeah. the story. And you want to know it very, more. Yes. That's the thing about, and I always say to people, you, 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 you want to know more about, or if you hate them, you don't. But it, <laughs> at the end of the song, you're like, Wow, that you know, there's a story there, and he's giving you an outline of it, yep. and you have to feel like, especially right. like I think the probably the most famous. Well, uh, um, um, Ricky don't lose that number. Of course, is a huge one where people are tried to for years to fill in all the right. blanks. Right, and we actually kind of now know what the story is. They've the the person involved actually cop to it and said, "Yeah, um, I'm that person." Right. But like Dr. Wu, you go, oh, like, who's Dr. Wu? Is, this, yeah. is that some guy you knew that... Well, what they would do is is they would give you uh, the details. They'd have a story in mind. They'd give you odd details of the story, but right. not the big picture. Right. right. You'd have to flesh it out for so, yourself. Yeah. So that, the, vague, that vagueness... How about this? It, is there gas in the car? Is there gas <laughs> in the car? Yeah. You, you know which one that's from? That's the song about um, Kid Charlemagne. Kid Charlemagne. Oh right! By the time they get to that point in the car, then the song you're like, "Holy crap!" (laughs) Is there cast in the car? You're like, "Right, yeah, we got to. It's time to run." Yeah, Yeah. right. And that was Owsley. That one I think was about famous acid producer Owsley. Um, At least that was the idea that they discussed. Him having to flee. Um, yeah, they had a specific story in mind there, and it was a guy who supplied uh, drugs to the stars. That's Owsley. And, and, yeah, yeah, back in, yeah. The, I guess it would have been the late 60s. He's the one that made the LSD that Pete Townsend took on an airplane that gave him an out-of-body experience, <laughs> and which he said, I'll never take LSD again. <laughs> and then they went to Woodstock, and it was he got dosed with LSD in the punch, and he oh, was man. incredibly pissed off. 
That's why the Woodstock performance is so good because he was tripping and <laughs> <didn't> angry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so these guys love characters like this. They love yes. singing about these uh, these misfits and these uh, these yeah. dark characters. But they just did it in a way. What turns people off is, and I was thinking about this, Barry, because I was thinking, oh, but it's like, a lot of people say it's like overproduced. And I know Barry, you always complain if you don't like things that are overproduced. But it's not it's overproduced. Not overproduced. <laughs> it's just produced really well. Yes, it's very really, yeah. it's good. great production. Yes. yes. But they but they they just put in there whatever the song needs to sort of tell the story. But horns just... and strings and sometimes electric guitar solos that are that are really tasteful and some that are kind of off the hook guitar solos. Yeah. Right. Which um, but but that's what they would do. They would get solo. They would pick people that they know. They would sort of yeah. give them an idea of what they wanted to do. But also they would get these great players that right. they would know they'd get something out yeah. of them, and they really yeah. did. With, with this record, especially, I realized I I when I when I went through my whole Steely Dan phase, I, I went through the records, but I, and I really like this record. But now, when Gary, when you said you wanted to do it, I redug into it again, and I realized, man, this is almost a perfect record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot quick. of great songs. It's quick. Yeah. When you get yeah. to the end of it, you're like, oh, it seems quick. You're yeah. like, well, oh, yeah, that's there's it. There's a lot of short songs. It's almost like a Minutemen. Like we we yeah. love that Minutemen record. Well, I, I think love they this record. They like they talked about. That was their goal on this because the previous what's the one uh, countdown, countdown ecstasy. countdown ecstasy they got a little they felt uh, they were they would get a, a little, little far afield yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot and of soloing and they, stretching yeah. out as they say yeah they wanted to try and uh, <laughs> can we do, do what it? they do but in the in the right. framework of a little pop song and the thing is that's where they shined in the studio the funny thing is they stopped playing when I was reading about it at that time they were like playing with bands like like Black Oak Arkansas and the <laughs> Guess Who and the James Gang and yeah. these bands were blowing them away because they're not the kind of band that's just going to rock out. Right. No, they They're come just, out and say, it's, yeah. They would right. want to stand there and play their songs perfectly so people would get bored and they have got frustrated and say, well, why are we why doing are we, this? It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. stop. Although you can see some, there is some live footage of them that's actually really great, but you can understand, yeah, Black Oak, Arkansas, they were opening for the wrong people yeah, is the problem. So. They had so. them opening yeah. for, you know, right. somebody a little more sophisticated then it might have made sense. Right, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, but yeah. at that time when they were coming up, there were these... The, yeah, they were, they were rock band. Oh, put them yeah. on tour with, you know, right, exactly. whoever. Sha-na-na. <laughs> <Right. laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Which they did play with Sha-na-na. Really? <laughs> they did, yeah. I have a list of actually all these bands they played with. Uh, Uriah Heep, <laughs> Sha-na-na. I wonder if Sha-na-na drank the... Drank the uh, because they opened at Woodstock. I wonder if they oh, drank right, that, right. That, that, that they were dosed when they went up there. Slade. <laughs> Can you imagine Slade oh, and no. Skilly Dan on no, the same? Wrong. Way? Totally that's, wrong. That, yeah, that doesn't make right. sense at all. So no. Gary, so you got so you appreciated right away you liked the music, but I'm sure yeah. eventually you also got into the lyrics or uh, uh, you know, got into Yeah, the, oh yeah. The weird twisted lyrics. Sure. Right. I love right, that. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. How could you well, not love that? We yeah. should mention where their name comes from. Oh, that's right. All right. It's uh from uh it's a the name of a a chrome dildo from a William Burroughs novel. I think it's from the Soft Machine. Isn't Naked it? Lunch. No, it's from, from Naked, Naked Lunch. Lunch. Okay, yeah. but it's the name of us, but of a of a chrome dildo. Steely <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Did you hear the the quote from William Burroughs when someone like uh, <laughs> yeah. he had never, of course, he didn't he didn't know Steely Dan he was, was an so, old guy, you know, right, right, right. So someone played him Steely Dan, and he said, "They've got too much going on. I don't like it." It's too fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, too sophisticated. They're they're doing too many things at once. <laughs> William Burroughs, you know, and Hart was an old guy from St. Louis, so yeah. you know, right. he was uh, he wasn't their ideal fan, right? For sure. But that right from the get go showed them that these guys 
had a sense of humor, like a really good, wicked sense of humor. Oh, to uh, pick it from there, yeah. From the name of the band. But they were also, like, really, they, like, loved jazz, and they uh, they were just yeah. meticulous with how they crafted their songs. But it's right. just, I don't know, it can't be denied. I don't know. And I feel like a lot of, like I said, a lot of people that hate them don't really... I mean, it's fine. If you don't like Steely Dan, that's fine. You're allowed to not like right. Steely Dan, you right. know? But they but, did, yeah, and you can tell there's a shift once they start using... The studio players more things definitely get um, way more sophisticated, like sure. than the original band. Um, especially yeah. the like the drummer. You can like I went back and listened to uh, um, um, Countdown to Ecstasy, and uh, and uh, it was you know, and then compare that to this, and it's got a. Um, there's a just a it op- like you can see oh there was the potential there that wasn't getting actualized because they had these ideas but these other guys are just like rock rock and roll players yeah it's like hey yeah. you know right and so all right so let's get in let's start diving into this record proper let's let's put the needle on the first song and hear a little bit of Ricky don't lose that number when you Before we say anything else, I just want to say right at the beginning, and they do it a couple of times when they have that little bling, that little chime thing. Mm-hmm. That I think right there is them being little, like just putting in like a little wink. I don't think that's meant to be serious. I think that's right. just like a little joke, like a little joke thing they put in because there's there's no real reason for that to yeah. be in there. In Donald the song, Fagan you know? has said that a lot of times in, in some of their songs they that, that seem maybe a little overly slick that they, he actually thought it was funny. Exactly, yeah. and I hear that. Whenever I hear that, bling, at the beginning, I yeah. think, oh, okay, that's that's he's like being, a little wink. He's yeah. being snarky. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. what I think, like, oh, listen to how pristine, which the beginning, what is that, Barry? The, the it's first Song thing? from My Father it, uh, by it, Horace Silver. Right. It's like, and so when it's you like first hear a song from my father, you're like, it's exactly oh, the They stole it, yeah. Yeah, the bomb. But obviously, they... They, they knew that, obviously. Oh, they picked... Like, no, they lifted it. Homage. 100%. Sure. So it's like yeah. an homage. All right, sure. so the, you were alluding to the girl. Her name was Ricky Ducornet. Yep. Ducornet. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. Was the then pregnant wife of a professor at Bard who Fagan had a crush on. Yeah, and he thought that there was some potential there. Yeah, <laughs> but, and, and the, the song is so good. Fagan and Becker both is what I... I yeah, believe so. Right. They well, both yeah. Because <laughs> that's they had to. Girls weren't jumping over themselves. If you've seen <laughs> early pictures of these, no, guys, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Girls weren't jumping Schlepp over themselves. Not exactly uh, matinee idol good looks. No. Exactly, yeah. greasy hair, um, you know, bad skin. But the lyrics uh, and the way he sings it too, it perfectly. It, he's sort of building it more into like, he's, he, um, "We hear you're leaving. That's okay. 
I thought our little wild time had just right. become. There was no little wild time, you know. No, sure, right. according to it was her, all in his head. Like little, but he's yeah. making up this. It was all in his concocting head, yeah. this exactly elaborate. And but over the years, when no one knew who this was, it was there was many many conspiracy theories oh, yeah. about, and it was. Eric Clapton was the main um, person that was the... Uh, oh, because he says Ricky, we could drive down Slohan Road. Road. And oh, okay. Ricky, like Eric. So yeah. that was always, an, a, you know... Yeah, I've never heard that before. And because, yeah, and because you know, Eric Clapton had was in sort of rough shape during that time. Um, that was before he cleaned <laughs> oh, yeah, he up. Was. So right. there was a lot of um, speculation that that was, oh, it's about Clapton. Yeah, but, you know, it wasn't. Right. Um, it's a crush on a somebody else's wife. Yeah, but it's so <laughs> and older probably too than them. Probably, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably right. No, I read that they he they kind of fictionalized it though a little bit that the oh, they I'm had sure, an idea sure. in mind of an older wealthy man attracted to this young girl and uh, he's given her his phone number. Uh, and kind of condescendingly, he said, "Hey, Ricky, don't lose that phone number." Oh, right, right. You know? send it off in, in, yeah. in a letter, which is such a great—it's such a great concept to right. say. Send it off in a letter to yourself. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. such a great line. And that's because that's how you used to—you can copyrate a song by doing that, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. You can send the send the music or or anything you want. You send it in a letter to yourself, and you keep it sealed, and right. it's it's basically proof. You know, your bona fide copyright. You know, uh, I just wanted to say too. Now that song. Is has a lot of uh, you heard of the Moo Major chord that they yes right <laughs> it does it's a basically an, it's like a, a it's a major chord with the second in yeah. it yeah. and Frank Zappa uses that as well in his as a motif a so lot. I have no idea what it is but is that the thing that gives it a little jazzy yeah. feel yeah. to yeah. it and okay. again and again when I when I uh, when I first bought Steely Dan sheet music when I was a kid and first became a fan and I was taking piano lessons. The book I had, they wrote the introduction to the to the music book. Oh, nice! And oh, in the introduction, that's cool. yeah, in the introduction, they said something to the effect of, uh, you know, if if uh, you want to uh, improve any old song harmonically, when you're confronted <laughs> with a major triad, right? Just the, the way they put it was something like, just move, and you're playing the piano, just move your thumb a little to the right. That's right. Every time. <laughs> that's right. And you have the second, and if you keep the if you keep the root the same, right. then you've got this you've got this ninth chord basically now Walter Becker supposedly said that uh, they liked it because it enriched the harmony without being overly jazzy which is it seems like a strange thing for him to say because they didn't <laughs> well it doesn't it doesn't it's not a major seventh chord so it doesn't and it's not a diminished chord it's not yeah. an augmented chord it's just a way because there's a lot of actual major chords in there and there's also a weird major chord change in there um, during the the verse where they go, um, he goes like, say the song is in, say it's, say it's in E, he goes um, C sharp major, B major, D major. So it's a weird major change. You would normally go C sharp minor, but mm-hmm. and it gives it an odd, it gives it that odd feel that okay. he's good at that. And doing things that are not that complex but they do get more complex later on. If you watch, there's a video mm-hmm. of watching yeah. him explaining like peg or explaining like, yeah. you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is, they, they really went out there, right. you know, arrangement wise. But this has got some really simple tricks in it that makes it right. sound really but cool. They always had a lot of originality in their chord progressions, even from the beginning. They did. Uh, and obviously they didn't invent that chord, but I think no. they did come up with that name of calling it Moo Major. Which <laughs> yeah, is, oh, okay. Right. Is that their thing? Yeah, yeah. it's M-U, which is a, a Greek letter. I right. just want to point out uh, that... Uh, 
I'm a musician. I play guitar, and I have no idea what any of the, that yeah, you guys were just talking about because um, I don't read music. I don't but, know. It's but, something. That, but you could hear it though. You yeah. could hear oh, yeah, the yeah. chord changes. You know. Oh, okay. It, it's, it's a Zappa just thing. Not to, stuff you normally. And it's distinct hear. to them. It is, and especially yeah. what you're hearing in the radio at that time. Nobody oh, else yeah, no. harmonies or chords like that. No. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So let's get to the song number two on here. Uh, from how the song sounds, you wouldn't think that it's a, that it's a song about some loser, a desperate loser <laughs> looking for his next fix. Listen to a little of Night by Night. Clavinet in there. Oh, that's that instrument. Yeah, it's a clavinet, and um, it's very. And I think there's actually two clavinets in there. Um, it's doing that percussive thing. So with, it's got the jazziness and the boppiness, but what the lyrics are is like not <coughs> what the song sounds like to me. You know, right. it's like totally uh, it's sort of um, it sort of lulls you in to think it's one thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what a great opening. It's a beggar's life, said the Queen of Spain, but don't tell it to a poor man because he's got to kill for every thrill the best he can. Uh, everywhere around me, I see jealousy, jealousy and, and mayhem, mayhem because no men have all their peace of mind to carry them. Um, yeah, so this is just some guy that... But he, then he says in the chorus, um, I don't really care if it's wrong or if it's right, but until my ship comes in, I'll live night by night. Right. Well, that's a, you know... And and but, this guy's ship is never coming in. You know? No, of course not. Most of <laughs> our <laughs> ships are never coming right. in. Right, but they're saying... And instead of, obviously, instead of saying that most people would say day by day, no, this guy's right. living night by night. Now, according to this uh, biography, I read this by a British writer called Reeling in the Years... A Steely Dan biography. Uh, what is a British guy going to know about? Yeah, Steely I know. Dan? Well, actually, maybe he's, maybe you right. know though. Maybe the outs, Maybe he's better to write about it because you have a, a, a perspective that's he's removed. They're he's very like, American. They're an American group, very right. much so. But anyway, according to this book, they uh, they they are under a certain amount of pressure to come up with a hit because their previous record, their first record had two big hits. Right. right. Second record didn't have any big hits. Nothing, right. And ABC, their label, was kind of leaning on them for another hit. Right. So they supposedly wrote this song, Night by Night, because they thought it was a commercial, to them, a commercial song, that their oh, idea okay. of what could be a hit <laughs> single. But, of course, it ended up being Rahita Lose the Number. Right, it was, right. Yeah. yes. Right. Um, there's, they were, I think they were fans of uh, Dylan, Bob Dylan, and there's a yeah. very yes, yeah. Dylan-esque when he says... When the Joker tried to tell me I could cut it, I I, I could cut it in this rude town. That that sounds like Dylan. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. totally Dylan. They both know. said I think that that the, they both said that Dylan is the greatest songwriter ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah. I like I'm a Dylan fan, yeah, and you know. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely so. you could hear that in that, and uh, yes, I'm cashing in this ten cent life. 
Um, so it's like a, and a worthless. And a, he's got like a worthless. I actually know, called somebody thing. a rube on the internet one time, <laughs> and then I realized <laughs> I, I, I kind of know what it is. But it's a, um, it's just like a hayseed, like a like a country yeah, exactly. bumpkin. It's Hit. good. It's really yeah. good. It's a good uh, yeah. cut down. Uh, all right, so let's get to. They didn't see it that way. <laughs> they didn't. They weren't impressed. No, they were not. <laughs> all right, let's listen to a little of any major dude will tell you. I never seen you looking so bad, my funky one. You tell me that your super fine mind has come undone. Any major dude with half a heart surely will tell you, my friend. Any minor world that breaks apart falls together again. When the demon is at your door, in the morning it won't be thou no more. Any major dude will tell you. Any major dude. Okay, I just want to point out real quick when we were doing stuff like like the Kiss podcast, we're all doing like air guitar. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. This and is now different. we're all just sitting there and like nodding, nodding our heads. Head, yeah, because <laughs> I said before, yeah. gently like, nodding we, our heads. You know, we we usually have a couple of vodka drinks while we're doing the show. But I said for. For Steely Dan, definitely if we, you know, that was what drove their, um, their, their engine. As most bands that era in the 70s. Yeah, but no, I think they particularly, yeah. right. they I think were, it's more Becker though than, I think he was always more the drug guy. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, of the two, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The one that's not alive anymore? Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how they broke up. They ended up not working together after... Gaucho was because Becker had transitioned into just being a full blown heroin addict, and yeah. and Fagan was like, okay, this is just you know, yeah. I can do other things. So this, so Donald Fagan said when they moved out to L.A., they were uh, people were calling each other dude, so they were sort of taken with that. So that's where the any major dude, uh, <laughs> right. they were just trying to speak like the California language. Um, well, this the interesting thing about this is it's got a, um, it's got a, um, a flatted fifth chord in it. Which is, you know what I'm talking about? The second yeah. chord, it's, it goes D, and then it goes G, and it's got the song, you know, this Zep song, Dancing Days? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's that same chord where instead of playing a, um, instead of playing the, um, the fifth, you play the, uh, the flatted fifth, and you use that, and it gives it that, it gives it that slightly different sound right okay speaking of this i have a question for you guys because i'm because you keep talking about the major minor do you think when he says any major dude uh, yeah. with half a heart any minor world well, huh. i think they're I throwing that, in yeah. the, the musical things there, I, right yeah I, I, major minor i think that he's being arch yeah, yeah which they sure. do a lot i think they, yeah. they like to do a lot i of never things. thought about that before me either but i think you're right <laughs> um uh, again, the words in this are just so cool. Any yes. any major dude with half a heart surely would tell you, my friend. Uh, any minor world that breaks apart falls together again. When the demon is at your door in the morning, it won't be there no more. Yeah. So that's it. Like at night, when you when you're when you're at yeah. night and you're like you know you're. Um, 
and you're jonesing and it's so bad it's like in the morning all of a sudden that demon's not there yeah i remember it's a new day remember waking up no- november 7th 2016 oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the demon that? was still but the demon was no, still there the next yeah, day yeah. every day and it's still, still there, there now yeah yeah right, but that's a totally different uh that's a different it's an podcast. odd song for them too because it's it's uh it's seems kind of sincerely reassuring it that's, does. That's unusual for them. It is. It's optimistic. Like Say, yeah. oh, it's going to be, things are going to be right. okay. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe right. it went through versions. Maybe there was a version that wasn't. And uh, <laughs> they were like, oh, we, ABC wants to, you know, boys, we don't hear a hit. <laughs> they, it seems like they should have released that song as a single. Doesn't it seem like that should have been a hit single? It, that it song? does. It yeah. wasn't. Oh, it just wasn't a single one there. No. Yeah, it does. The first, no. actually, the first three songs to me sound yeah. like, uh, you know. No, it was, uh, uh, Ricky was released as a single, of course. And then uh, I think the title track, Pretzel Logic, was, was yeah. a single. Okay. Yeah. That was what, that was, that was it. Yeah. Grabbed you, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. So, Let's, uh, we're about the halfway mark here. We got a bunch of other great songs to go through. Um, we're all uh, we're all wearing our glasses. We look very pseudo intellectual. Oh, talking true. about. <laughs> I thought he was joking, and I looked around. I was like, yeah. Maybe. So we're gonna take a little break. We'll be right back with more with uh, Gary Messick talking about uh, Pretzel Logic, Steely Dan on that record got me high. That record got me high is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic. Produced by Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. Is This Tomorrow catalogs the absurdities taking place at the Zorro News Channel and is available at isthistomorrow.com and on Facebook by searching for Is This Tomorrow. That record got me high and Is This Tomorrow bring you excerpts from a 1979 interview with Steely Dan discussing their history as a group. Does uh, does Gary enter into the creative process with you? Do you get everything written and know what you're going to do and then you go to Gary and go in the studio? Yeah, basically that's what it is. Everything is prepared by us and we go in the studio. Gary's function is mainly to uh, supervise things in the studio, make phone calls, that sort of thing. <laughs> That's not, that's not entirely fair. No, we decide, you know, he's uh, a third ear. You know, Walter and I each have one ear apiece. I don't know if the public knows that. You know, we both had accidents in our youth, and Gary a has third a third ear. One. That's great. Mm-hmm. I, I hope he'll be remembered that way. Mm-hmm. Siamese ears. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, if you please. Is Gary if you don't, please. Actually, you can't see Gary's ears because of his hair, but if you could, you'd know what we were talking mm-hmm. about. You know, the way we work with Gary... Um, Gary producing us, we we have a kind of a uh, massive gestalt, is that the yeah, that's, sort of uh, that's sort of relation? Sound, but gestalt will do. Uh, well, I was what was I saying? I can't remember. For the German lesson. We we have kind of a uh, you know uh, difficult this to describe. This is a very German interview. You know? <laughs> this is a really Teutonic interview. Um, so that so that we can arrive at decisions, you know, in a. Um, uh, in a very, you know, we have ver- we know what we're all thinking, and we have the same objectives pretty much, and uh, so that not too many really bad uh, discrepancies arise. You know, where one person wants to go this way and someone wants to go that way.
threatened to kill him in, in Turtles if he didn't stop playing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> Can you like just briefly describe and, that and send it to me? Just yeah, whatever. And rat, yeah, it was uh, rat was yeah. playing. It's That's what Gary needs back. is more like juice, man. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Rat says that he said to the guy. The guy said, "If you don't stop playing, I'm gonna fucking shoot. You. I'm gonna blow your brains out." And Rat said, "Well, you better shoot me because I'm not stopping." Yeah, <laughs> right. But the people that were there that night said that Rat just <laughs> sort of kept his head on and kept playing, but ignored the guy. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> better to use Rat's version. But he did keep yeah. playing. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, he did keep playing, and the guy didn't shoot him. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tell me when we're ready. Come on, dude. I know. All right, we're back. This is That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we're here with our good friend, Gary Messick, talking about some Steely Dan. Talking some shit, And we too. were talking some shit about Rat Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> about Johnny Depp. Two-time yeah. guest, Rat Bastard. <laughs> our good He's, pal, Johnny Depp. Yeah, one day we're going to do a, <laughs> a podcast of this, the shit we talk about in between. Yeah, that's for the, the real... that's for the $200 a month Patreon. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all the good, juicy stuff. Yeah. All right, so we're talking about this record, and now we're at uh, number four song. And let's take a little visit down to a place called Barrytown. Barry, I just yeah. thought of that. It's yeah. Barrytown. Let's it listen is. to Barrytown. me of uh, it's kind of randy newman-esque in that not the music so much but mm-hmm. the the yes that it's about a it's a portrait of a bigot yeah yeah right. yeah, yeah. Very, yes. very so barrytown was this town in upstate new york near annandale near where their uh, college is and it was also the home of the unificationists the moonies right. oh i did not know that yes the moonies so supposedly this is who this guy who's talking about the Barrytown people, he's talking about the Moonies, like the, the way you cut your hair, and I right. can see by what oh. you carry, because the Moonies would walk around with their clipboards, okay. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's saying, uh, um, I'm not one to look behind, I know that times must change, but over there in Barrytown, they do things very strange. Right. Yes. Oh, that's true, because they would do the mass weddings, they would do, the reverend would marry, like, hundreds of couples at one time. Um <laughs> They, right. own, they own the Washington Times newspaper. So yeah, if you ever so read the, the Washington song, Times, it's owned by Reverend Sun Young Moon. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Right. So the so the narrator of the song, yeah, it's close-minded. But maybe I, a little I also thought that, I, I think, and, yeah, I also read that it was yeah, just basically they were talking about people from normies from another, you know, they live in a college town. Like, so you've lived in, you know, we lived in Athens, Georgia for a while. Right. And then you do get this, you know, thing where, 
people that pe- are always from there and they're not going to leave there. Yeah, and right. Yeah, right. And, and it's sort just, of insulated from the outside world. Yeah. Um, right. I, I think it's there's a duality going on, which they do a lot in their songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I love when he says, uh, don't believe I'm taken in by stories I have heard. I just read the daily news and swear by every word. How how. Yeah, right. How familiar does that sound? Yeah. You know, just whatever you read, that's right. what you swear by. Well, it's definitely their um, their um, elitist tendencies. Now, the funny thing about this song, though, is that musically, this is as close to a straightforward chord set of chords as they put forward so far on the album. Is mm-hmm. It's very much a, I think it has even been compared to sort of like like a bird song or something. It's got a very, there's no... The the mu chord that we talked about is not in there. Right. It's very yeah. much a it's very much a straightforward set straightforward of chords. Straightforward pop song, catchy, is, yeah. really catchy. Very catchy. Yeah, really, yeah. I have I get this song in my head yeah. like all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, and he brings in he sings in a he's it's just one voice when he's singing the the verse, but on the last lines of the verse he starts to double track his voice, and it's those clever touches. That you get, and then all of a sudden it gets richer and sweeter. They're just genius at yeah, knowing yeah. when to do that, right. like when to add the things in. Perfect. It's like they're they're cooks yeah. that are really good at timing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and very condescending at the end. The, the narrator, whoever it is, is condescending. And uh, you mean Donald Fagan? And uh, <laughs> don't you scream or make a shout? It's nothing you can do about. It was there where you came out. It's a special lack of grace. I yeah. could see it in your yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see by what you carry that you come from very well. Down. Donald Fagan, and he's supposed to be a jerk. Basically, I think personally, he's just known as kind of being an unpleasant person to deal with. He's a curmudgeon. A curmudgeon. <laughs> but uh, but he, he would describe himself, I think, that way. I yeah, would, sure. Just, I would describe yeah. myself that yeah. way. Yeah, but, yeah, you're, yeah, that's but that's no. A curmudgeon, right? Yeah. I, I, got, I got so mad at Gary when he got here today because I thought he backed his car in and I was yelling out, did you fucking back your car you're, in? Oh, you're a funny. little bit of a curmudgeon. You're am, curmudgeonly. There's a difference between that and being just like hardcore. Like Rob can't the, abide people backing into to parking spaces. <laughs> well, you know, we might have to make a quick exit. Yes, now the show's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get to the last song on side one. Now, Gary, do you remember? Did uh, did you like own this record? Did you go out and get this record? Oh yeah, that's a lot to see you had the record. Yeah, yeah, okay. awesome. I miss yeah. that. Uh, don't you miss that? I, oh, I know. I know yeah. the uh, the kids buy records again, but I don't even. I uh, do you a, have a record player? I, no, not anymore. I, I don't, don't either. I had a, and I had a ton of records, man. Me too. I gave a day. lot of them away. My daughter Corey took a lot of them, and I sold. Don't worry, them people. I'm going to edit all this out because no. nobody wants to hear this shit. <laughs> all right, whatever. Let's hear a little bit. The last song. I had an AM radio. The last song on side one: East St. Louis Toulouse. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you that I always skip this track. When really? It, you know why? Like, because I'm a Duke Ellington fan, and it's a Duke Ellington song yes. from the OK. It's like from the 20s, late 20s, yeah, early yeah. 30s. And it's it's clever, 
but it's not it's not Duke Ellington, and it's just kind of like it's I, a gimmick. It's it's almost it's like kind of gimmicky. It's, it's right? a little That's gimmicky, and I think that th- for me, I would have left this off the record. I would have put something. See, and I, I actually, I enjoy it, and I'm not a jazz fan, but so maybe that's why. I mean, I don't Ellington's know, but I think, earlier stuff is very much. It's, it's you're not gonna feel like it's. It's more. You're gonna have a different association with that sound right. than than like bebop. What I like though, all right, obviously this is. Um, Walter Becker using the voice box thing to do the yeah. uh, to do the the trumpet uh, the yeah. trumpet style. Like, yep. But what I love is Jeff Baxter playing that. Banjo? Pedal steel. No, he's oh, playing right. the pedal, pedal steel, steel doing the trombone part. Right, right. That's like a oh, pedal yeah. steel sounds like a trombone, and that's like amazing. Jeff, Jeff yep. Baxter, he's a pretty you, incredible have you ever musician. seen anyone play a pedal steel guitar? It's ama- that's where they use like their knees yeah, and shit. Difficult. And it's like. Well, that's another kind of thing about Steely Dan in the early days is they used pedal steel a lot. Yes. And it's odd because, of course, it's generally associated it's with country. country yeah. but it doesn't yeah. sound country in right. this. Right. That's what's crazy. Well, there's some groups from the, there's some jazz just Western swing, which is this odd combination of it's sort of country-ish jazz that was from the in the 40s and the 50s, and there's actually some 60s groups that use it, and it's very harmonically sophisticated. So the pedal steel works very well with that because you can play very dense, interesting chords with the pedal steel mm-hmm. guitar that sound beautiful because it's almost like a it's a it's a it's like a pianistic instrument. It's like a piano. And yeah, it's cool. I like. I don't know. What do you think of this, Gary? I, I like yeah, it. no, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone that hates jazz, I still like. I, I, I listened to the Duke Ellington. I guess there's at least three recorded Duke Ellington yeah, versions version, out there. Yeah. I heard one. It was obviously it was very similar. I don't know if it's the one that they specifically took. Probably the original one. From, yeah, yeah. The OK but it's Ellington. Very it's very similar. Called OK they just substituted right. instruments. So it's for, almost like gimmick. That's know, it. It's almost like gimmicky. Like they sort yeah. of you know did their own version of it and used different instruments to play yeah. the instruments on there, which is kind of cool. It it's impressive, I guess. But you know. it, it's interesting in that it may, basically in the tr- it's a track. F- they're very clever again because they lead from this track into a track into about Let's Charlie Parker. Side number two, right. and we're back with the, we're still with the jazz. These guys really love jazz. Huh? Yeah. Well. All right. So let's listen. <laughs> Some people have good taste, Rob. <laughs> let's listen to a little of Parker's band. Interesting thing about this song is it, it starts with these this it's a it's a set of fifths. So he runs up, he goes like C, G, D, A, E, B. So that's those first notes are all fifths going up straight up. But then the rest of the song is basically a boogie song. It's not really a jazz. They're talking about Charlie Parker, right? 
But it's bomb, 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 and that's the funny thing about it is that the lyric. Okay, because I like it, and and I have no idea any of this. I don't know who Charlie Parker is, and I don't know any of the references he's singing about. But I enjoy. I like Savoy. Yeah, you've heard of Charlie Parker. No, I've heard of him. Bird. It's the Bird guy, right? Clint Eastwood did a movie about. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yes. All right, so I know a little. Yeah. Probably the most famous jazz music, like Bird. I'm not dumb like 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 everyone says. Charlie Parker, you know. But I yeah. just, I love the way he sings it. I love his voice in this song and yeah. just the way he sings it. I just, yeah. His voice has this intoxicating quality to me. It that does. I really that is just, part of it. And it's weird. It's not like he's just some great singer. It's not like he's right. Freddie Mercury or something, you know? It's got a but tone. It's just got, got this a tone. quality. It's like another instrument. And it's just very, I just, I, 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 like, I agree 100% that yeah. Fagin's voice is... Um, Unique, and yeah. it does give it a, a quality that you know just, and that may be one of the people you know. There may be people that just don't like that his voice. And oh yeah, I'm sure there's people that hate it, like uh, Kramer. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kramer says it's it's a. Uh, I say you know those guys are you know those guys are genius. It's craft. It's just craft. They're just craftsmen. Like he's implying that, that? Okay. No, no feeling is no right, yeah. exactly yeah. that it's all just sort right. Of, That's the rap I guess people have, but I don't see it. I don't. I, I don't feel yeah. that there's no feeling. I don't yeah, get I, that. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah no. Right me Although either. I understand why people say it, especially with the later records where they get really sick, right. Like sure. Asia <laughs> oh sure. And Gaucho. I yeah. mean, man. Gaucho, you know they what though? That uh, what was that one song? Hey 19 that was on uh-huh. the radio yeah, yeah. all the time yeah, 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 yeah. and that song was on and it was I got sick of it but then actually when I when I dug into lyrics and stuff that's like a really like dark song actually <laughs> yeah, and it's sure. very uh, sardonic and funny right. it's a great song it yeah, is right. so I mean yeah they still managed right they always managed to, to put in that little edge and just right. make it yeah. you know they not- were never going to be sappy yeah no. right uh, exactly exactly but Parker's band does end with those overlapping uh like bird riffs. Oh, it does. Yeah, uh, of course. Sax yeah, riffs. And, and, and Charlie Parker wasn't always playing stuff that was, you know, what you, the kind of super complex harmonic stuff. But, you know, he it was how, how he was playing and what he was playing. But I just think it's funny that it, it's got this very easy, readily identifiable, you know, like almost mm-hmm. 50s rock and roll thing in there. Um, instead of you would expect something like a more complex something jazzy and that yeah. one chord throughout the verses yeah which is a really cool yeah. chord right I, I guess like C6 ninth or something like that yep and then they drop it syncopated the way yep. that's it's really cool it's like maybe that is something from a Charlie Parker record but um, all right, so we get to the second song. We're going to lose a lot of people with <laughs> the this second song. Like, See, and right, you, were, you were poo-pooing us talking about vinyl. I mean, that's even worse. Uh, <laughs> all right, we get to the shortest song on this record. This is only one minute and 30 seconds, but it's yeah. a really cool song. Yeah. I really like yeah, this song. It. He's through with Buzz. He takes all my money. You know I'm through with Buzz. Yes, I'm. Stole my girl, drug her all around the world. You know I'm cool. 
strings are pretty great. They're great, and yeah. do they remind you of ELO a little? It's got a very ELO vibe, Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually yeah, hadn't thought right. about that. And th- and there aren't a lot of strings. I'm going to say that harmonically they're way more complex than yeah, it's ELO. Yeah, stranger than It definitely, ELO. yeah. Yeah. But the, more Stravinsky than there aren't a lot of songs actually with strings and uh, uh, I think there's again. only I can only think of two songs with right. strings there's this and lot. FM so it's different but this song is only one minute thirty seconds but there's a lot to unpack in this song <laughs> yeah right like what you were saying before that he doesn't this one it's almost like he sort of took away half of the story and is letting you guess like what's the deal with Buzz and what's he talking about well he about. claimed right. that it was about a, an old he, girlfriend he takes all my money and then bullshit. that's it he doesn't say anything else yeah, i'm through with buzz. buzz you know he just throws out that he's not very funny but also buzz i'm thinking what did weed you, dealer i'm through smoking weed well i'm thinking uh, cocaine too because buzz when you oh yeah 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 this is a drug song for because sure he says i remember when he stole my girl drug yeah. her all around the world now yeah. what's he saying drug her all around the world <laughs> right did he drag her around the world or was he drugging her right. all around the yeah, world yeah yeah yeah. You might have something there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I always I, think of it as like it's it's the second song in in the uh, uh, paranoid asshole trilogy. Yeah, this record. <laughs> yeah. Because you got Barry Town, <laughs> yeah. which is about a paranoid asshole, and then right. this one, and then I think uh, Monkey and Her Soul is oh, yeah, also right. kind of a paranoid Definitely. asshole. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just a really cool song, and I I read that actually they uh, they're not that fond of this song now. They don't they really like well later I don't one of them maybe it was uh, Walter Becker said that they weren't uh, they just you never it. listen to the never. Never yeah, listen yeah. to what the musician says about the record. Yeah, because I, I they have I the least really cool. the yeah. least legitimate opinion about an album. Often <laughs> comes from right. the people who actually created oh, it. Oh, always. And I like how the guy, the point of view character in the song. First, he accuses Buzz of stealing his girlfriend. Right. And then he goes, "Maybe he's a fairy." Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he's a fairy. I'm through. Great. So I figured it was a a coke dealer. I'm Buzz. Like it's a mixture of I'm through with. A, the drug, and right. the drug dealer are right. hanging around with the people but, who... But that's the genius of this band is they don't spell all this shit right. out for you. You, want, you have to fill in all the details. You, yeah, you have to make the story all on your yeah. own. Yeah, the guy just has this... It seems like an irrational grudge uh, yes, on exactly. Buzz <laughs> yeah. for some reason. <laughs> right. Yes. And yes. you're not going to really find out. I could relate to that because I get irrational grudges too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People backing and spots and shit. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the <laughs> title track of this record, the track that made Gary Res that got Gary Messick high yes. and made him a Steely Dan fan. Let's just do a little of pretzel logic. Traveling minstrel show 
million Donald Fagan singing during the chorus. There's <laughs> yeah, like a bunch. Like they triple up his. Yeah, uh, yeah. His, it uh, sounds, vocal. but it's 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 great. It's a minor key. It's got it's like a minor key blues song basically. Yeah. It's blues, and especially the way he repeats the. That's a very blues thing to oh, yeah. re- repeat the same verse again. Exactly. I would love to tour the Southland. Well, I'd love to tour the yeah. Southland. Yeah, totally yeah. blues. Yeah. But it's like jazz. Is it bluesy jazz or is it jazz because, blues? Well, it's because he's vamping up underneath. He's comping up underneath it chords that are more complex than your average blues, you know, right. chord. But and and, just, and and the lyrics, uh, you know, I, well, all right. So Donald Fagan has said it's about uh, time travel. Right. Uh, okay. He said yeah. it's about time travel, and uh, and there's things that could uh, you could see it in there when he's talking about Napoleon. I have never met Napoleon, but I plan to find the time. Yeah. So it's like right. find the, the time meeting there when yeah. you have to go back to yeah. to find right. Napoleon. Right. Um, and then I just loved uh, because it's sort of like uh, it's about time travel, but maybe it's about wishing for time travel because it of says um, those uh, those days are gone forever over, over a long, a long time, time ago. ago right? So yeah. it's like it's not something you get back he, to. Now that's something that I, I kind of get from a lot of their songs where you're just saying uh, if it's either about time travel or about a guy wishing for time travel. Yeah. A yes. lot of their songs, I get a sense that the situation that's described is 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 a fantasy yeah yes. but, but it's not you're not sure you can't right. be you can't be sure yeah. but these are yeah. the kids that were into like uh, dungeons and dragons and or right, i don't even right. know if that was around then but they were into like science fiction and right. these are the guy they, they these are the guys that were into that fantasy was a big deal for, for guys like that right you know? but i mean like you like I mean, characters who you don't you're not sure if they're kidding themselves exactly right yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, self delusional right. so yeah, self delusional yeah exactly which it probably is so when he says, I stepped up on the platform, the man uh-huh. gave me the news. Like, is it the platform, like the platform for the, uh, for the, where the time machine is? Right. He said, you yeah. must be joking, son. Where did you get those no, shoes? Now, right. okay. So, like, are you wearing like, shoes because you came no. from a different it's time? It's like he, he, didn't, he didn't quite dress the right way. He yeah, forgot exactly. about the shoes. He's getting the shoes okay. right. So you yeah. want to know how you get these get interpreted. My interpretation is he's going to get up and he's going to play sax with, it's like a, it's like a, like he's going to play with the band. Okay. And he, he's up on the platform. It's a stage, oh, okay. and he goes up on the stage, and the and the MC looks at him and goes, or the or the band leader goes, "Where the Where fuck you did you get those shoes? fucking shoes? Yeah. Get off the stage!" <laughs> well, you it know? could be because then he says, "Well, I've seen him on the TV, the movie show. They say the times are changing, but I just don't know. These things are gone forever." Over, over a, a long, long time, time ago. ago. So he, you know, we, um, you know, my wife and I often discuss like if you could go back and live in any time, um. What, you know, when would you go to, you know, when would you live? And, okay, of course, obviously late 40s New York, when the bebop scene was, you know, go to 52nd Street and see all these people play. That'd be amazing. Obviously right. for who? For you, maybe. Not for me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to go back to the 40s. <laughs> right. Well, the thing, what you go is, and then you go, well, that, you know. You, you don't really want to go back to any period where smallpox was not eradicated. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a good practical. rule of thumb. That's just a practical matter. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually pretty recent, you know, since it was, I think, fully eradicated in our lifetimes. They yeah. finally got rid of it. So yeah, be good to avoid. Yeah. Polio, <laughs> smallpox, uh, all those things. All right, so let's get to this song. This is this is. I feel like this is uh, Steely Dan doing Johnny Cash, and this is with a gun. Yeah, let's hear a little of with a gun. I could be wrong, but I have seen your face before. You were the man that I saw running from the store. You 
become something more With a gun With a gun You will be what you are just the same Did you pay the other man with the peace in your hand And leave him lying in the rain You were the founders of the clinic in the hill So in there he's singing the music for it in the background that's his. Are you hearing it in the vocals? Yeah, in the oh, background okay. vocals. Right. He's doing that. He's thing. adding that, that little. Well, he's there. using really? he's using that technique ah. in the back, which gives it that um, particular quality that you associate that. with okay. Steely Dan. Um, he's singing. You know, there's multiple layers of Donald yeah, Fagan. I think the guitar chords are, are pretty standard. They're pretty right? straightforward. Right. Yeah. It sound, that's the thing. It sounds like a country western song, but it's kind of a not. Minor. It sounds like Steely Dan doing. And a there's right. some. Country there's western. some really, really tasty guitar playing in this. Song. Oh, there I'm is. Is, that, there is. I guess really that's good. Skunk Baxter. I'm not sure. I don't know. But whoever's playing the telly in there oh, is just. Great. He's amazing, man. man. Stuff. We didn't even talk about. Uh, Ricky don't the first song. Ricky don't lose the lead he does in that song. Yeah, it's oh, a yeah. great lead. I love it's, it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. so great. Well, there's yeah. a great yeah. Walter Becker lead on this record too. Uh, is it on um, where he really just cuts loose? Which Walter got to play uh, lead? On I this? think he plays lead yeah. on one song. <laughs> I think he, yeah, but I, I can't remember what song it is. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Uh, but this one, all right. So it's a little. It's the story of a guy, you know, gone bad, and he's and he's like, uh, he's uh, you know, he killed someone, shot uh, someone over a dead ode, and he shot him. But they put in these little, these little cryptic things in there because he says, "You were the founders of the clinic on the hill." Yeah. <laughs> what right. clinic are they well, talking I, about? I, now? The I think there's the three hill. verses and there's three until different murders. Until he caught you, yeah. That's until right, he caught you, there's, 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 there's right. three, three, three different murders. Every it describes three different murders yeah. with guns. Right. But this one was the, the clinic, the on, clinic the, on the hill yeah, until right. he caught you with your fingers in the till. He slapped your hand, so you settled up your bill with a gun. Right. Uh, it's great. It's great. I'm going to go that that's like so an he, un- unofficial is, clinic. Is he you know describing what I mean. three different scenarios that I, I guess? That's my, yeah. been my feeling is that there's three different murders right. that take, that you, that, that he goes, the first one is just a shop owner who, oh, he owes some money. Right. And instead of paying him, you just go in. It's like a mob scene. On yeah. This, but like, then Gary, like you were saying before though, is this a guy that's just watching, watched all these Western movies and <laughs> just think about it because the last one he says, when you're born to play the fool and you've seen all the Western movies, yeah. woe to the one who does you wrong. You hide in the bushes, murder the man with Luger and Ann. So this is a guy thinking, oh, that, that's what I right. would do. Right. You right. know, but he's, uh, he probably hasn't done any of that shit. Right. Right. Know? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's a it's big, ambiguous. Us that way, yeah. But then a lot of their songs are that's they are, but, but it's, the tell, uh, but the, it's not a flaw, yeah. it's a feature, the tell, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> the tell that they're city boys or they're uh, you, they don't really is the, the Luger. Like, I don't think anybody would pick a Luger, like, a Luger. yeah, I thought it was a revolver, a choice yeah, you, it'd be a revolver, you know, it'd yeah. be a snub nose 38 revolver or but something, you know, they had to do it. I'm Bet they were as There's careful re- as they were with the music. They were as careful with every word. I'm sure they had to pick. They, they used there, Luger so because sure they, they, were, they probably had some reason, but I don't know what it was. Right. Been. Oh, how would we know? <laughs> we're, so, we're, so we're so a German pistol <laughs> from World War. You know, there yeah. was Luger's. It's a famous. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So now we get to my. This is my personal favorite on this whole uh, record. This uh, next song here, Charlie. Let's listen to a little of Charlie, the sordid story of Charlie. <laughs>
Now, Gary, as a screenwriter, you have to. This whole song is like a little mini movie. It's like it's a it's yes. the script yeah. of a whole little movie. It tells like this little tale of Charlie Freak had had but one thing to call his own: three weight ounce pure golden ring with no. So it's like his, a, it's like if you ring. had a if it's like if you um. Remember that movie from the maybe from the eighties with his um, had like a different vignettes of New York. Who made that movie? Oh, um, After Hours. After Hours. It's like a segment from After Hours. This guy. Just one segment, right? Yeah, it's, right. yeah. It's not a full movie. Wait, it, but it was. It was. No, I'm, I'm sorry to correct you. It was. Was it New York Stories? After no. Hours well, is was, one. Is one story it's it's not a it's not a anthology it's not you're right but they all sort of uh, people like one ran there was one where it was three different next. new york directors it was like Winnie allen did a segment and no i'm thinking of after hours for he sure yeah because it's like but it, it does different things happen and and it, it like just follows this one little this one little thing from start to finish so th- so this is a guy basically selling his wedding ring yeah for some heroin because it says five nights without a bite yeah, uh, that's like without it. Yeah, yeah, heroin. Yeah, he yeah. needs his heroin. Uh, no place to lay his head, and if nobody takes him in, he'll soon be and dead. And it's cold. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, there's also uh, the second week in a row. I think that there's a biblical aspect to this. Um, oh, is there? Where, um, yeah, Jacob and Esau. The story of Jacob and Esau, where um, Esau. They're they're the sons. Whose sons are they? Somebody, and and uh, bad Catholic. They Abraham's sons maybe. And Esau's out working in the field, and um, he comes in and he says, and Jacob has fixed this meal of you know like lentils and whatever. And uh, Esau says it's his own brother. He says, I'm starving. I'm going to starve if you don't give me some of the food. And so Jacob says, okay, I'll trade you some food for uh, the birthright. The one to be the the one who takes over from father instead of you because Esau's the oldest son and Esau says, "Okay, I'll do it." So that's in there. That same you're giving up something for nothing. Basically, he's selling this precious wedding ring for a brief some you know, for, so, and yeah, the person is nearly right, and for, for chicken feed for chicken feed for chicken exactly. Feed. And Jacob or the character, the main character, is taking advantage of it. Sure. Yeah, but then he feel. But then at the end, he feels yep. bad. The narrator he he puts the ring back on Charlie Freak's finger. Uh, when I heard, I grabbed a cab to where he lay, round his arm. The plastic tag read DOA. Yes, Jack, I gave it back. The ring I could not own. Now come, my friend. I'll take your hand and lead you home. Uh, that's so. It's so awesome. It's like yeah. a little like movie, right? You can yeah, see and it's, it all. It's, a, it's unusual for them because it's a very clear story. It is from beginning yes. to end. It that's is. Right. It exactly is. what it's about. And also, Charlie, the, of course, ends up dead. Which, right. You know. But also, the music, which is also unusual for them, kind of matches the story because it's got that sort of like that piano six eight thing. It's got a six eight waltz sort of feel. It's very tragic sounding. Yeah, and it and it and it sounds to me, and it has like it almost looks like a perverse Christmas song. It does. Yes, well, yeah. it's got those sleigh bells. Sleigh bells, sleigh bells come, in at, come in at the end, yeah. and it's got those eerie guitar parts and yeah. stuff. Yes, it's yeah, really yeah. this song is it's less than three minutes long, and it's like it's it it's, whole, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like yeah. a like but an epic. You're, but you're down there on the snowy street with them, the sidewalk, right? The right. cold. Yeah, he the, OD'd. Uh, embraced the uh, poor kid. He he overdid. Embraced overdid. the spreading haze, and while he. Sucked, his body died in 15 ways. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah those yeah. are great lyrics. 
Yeah, and so and it's great how the music does contribute to the to your the picture of the scenario in your mind. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, that was. I think that that was what that was their thing. Uh, they were able Cinematic. to make yeah, yeah make the music and the lyrics and everything work together. Right. And that all right. So yeah, everything is sound, perfect sounding and it is very. But but it's like it's to an end of making. Like, it is. This yeah. The little art, sound right? little portraits that that are they paint themselves in your mind when you're listening to their records. Yeah. And now so we get the last. The, now the final song of your trilogy. What did you call that trilogy, the, the Gary? P- paranoid asshole trilogy. <laughs> yeah, and we all know the paranoid asshole is actually Donald Fagan. <laughs> <laughs> we have the monkey in your soul. Beatles come up in everything. No matter what yeah. we do, there's always a, they. It's like they said they they you had their try little and avoid it, their stamp went on every you yeah, know yeah. any any band great band that came out they they yeah, definitely listened to the Beatles. Yeah. I think that's true. Uh, this is a great album closer. It's a very bleak song. So this is I'm thinking this about one of one of them had a girlfriend who had. Uh, Addictions that they even they couldn't keep up with, so it's like she didn't she didn't just have a monkey on you her had back. Four, she I had, had one, a monkey had in four. her soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got one. You want four? It's so hard to help you. I can't keep up with you no more. Uh, and then you treat me like it's a sin, but you can't lock me in. You want me here with you right to the end. So uh, yeah. yeah, right. They're while I go, it. while I go down, while yeah. I go down to you know oblivion. I fear the monkey in your soul. Yeah. See, it's the guy, the the character, the viewpoint character. He might have a legitimate reason to be angry, but, but he's still being kind s- of a dick. Well, when he talks about some, his yeah. song, he said, "Won't you turn that bebop down? I can't hear my heartbeat. Where's that fat back chord I found, honey? Don't you think it was wrong to interrupt my song?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's being a dick. So he's being a dick to her. Yeah, you can't be sympathetic, really. I'll pack my yeah. things, yeah, and run so far from here. Goodbye, dear. Yeah, it's very dismissive at the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. He's being very dismissive. But I also thought, I can't hear my heartbeat. So the music's playing so loud, and he's done something that would make your heart beat faster so you would actually hear your heartbeat. Because ordinarily, we don't, we don't normally hear our heartbeats. It has to be really quiet to hear your heartbeat. Right. He's... Right, but he's right. Why should he be complaining about that exactly? Right, exactly. Because <laughs> right? he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Not, not only that, I think he's he's uh, amped up. He's fucked up too. Yeah, and he's and he. I can't hear my heartbeat. He's paranoid. Paranoid. Yeah, You're yeah. paranoid asshole. Because yeah. he's he. You know. <laughs> that also, been... what is what is a fatback cord? Do you, do you have any idea? Fatback cord would be like you know the kind of just a cool like something that's like. Well, fatback is like a greasy, you know, meat. So it'd be like some R and B 
thing that he was playing on okay. piano, and he got interrupted because, you know, she wants to play whatever, you know, wants to play Dave Brubeck really loud or okay. something like that. Okay. Um... Yeah, but it's a uh, it's a great uh, it's a great last song on the record, I think. And so does yeah, I don't even know. Did this did, does he? Did, did they have kids? Either one of them or anything? Or uh, Becker, Walter Becker had kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, guys, Fatback Chord, late '60s, early '70s style funk rhythm guitar, often accompanied using a wah pedal uh, and ninth <laughs> wow, wow. chords. Wow, oh, okay, like yeah, the yeah. theme, like Shaft. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. Fatback Chord. Okay, that back right. chord. Yeah. yeah. So I just taught you both something. See, <laughs> there you the music, go. the non-music guy taught you both something because I uh, Fatback Chord. So it's I funny Google that he it. says, "Where's that chord? Where is that? Where did I leave that chord?" Right, right. right. <laughs> right. Well, he forgot. It was actually a cool Fatback Chord, and she. She distracted him and he forgot it. You I know that goes. It. Okay. You know yeah. that goes. You think, yeah. oh, you do something cool and you think, oh, better. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll like, write that down and then you fucking forget so it. So that makes me think he's sitting there playing, playing guitar. And, yes. and he's like, yeah. wait a minute, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. You can totally you, picture that. Yeah. Can you picture him yeah, doing yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, that lost that really great thing. I can't we've get all, it back. We've <laughs> all been there with our druggy <laughs> ex girlfriends, right? We've all been there. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's Pretzel Logic, Gary. Thank you so much. We 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 did our we did our Steely Dan. We yeah, knew man. we knew Barry from the start. We knew this was coming. Yeah, sure. We knew <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't have a problem coming. with it. No, I didn't. I don't either. I, which know. Is, I know it surprised a lot of people that I. But like I said, I came to them very late. Sometime in the 2000s, it all clicked with me. So, you know, give it... If, if you've made it this far in the podcast, maybe, uh, you know, you're, you're probably a fan already. But well, we'll probably not, do another Steely Dan record. So, you know, there's always next season. It could happen, yeah. yeah. Byron. And, maybe we'll get Byron. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then kick Gary to the curb. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I just want to remind you guys, whatever you're listening to us on, whatever platform... Subscribe, subscribe to us. You could yeah, rate right. us and yeah, sure. review us. That uh, for some reason, I don't even know how it helps us, but I hear people saying that it helps. So well, maybe it'll help. You know, I can tell when I start when I post it. I can tell it starts downloading on some people's devices automatically, so yeah. I can get a so general subscribe. idea of how many it's, people have subscribed. Because you don't want to miss a minute of our of our brilliance. Our banter. Um, Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash trjmh, you're a patron, aren't you? Yes, you are. Yes, so, yeah. look at that. Uh, you could become a patron too. For as little as a dollar a month, you could help me and Barry uh, keep us in the style, uh, in the lifestyle we're accustomed to now. Just, I, dro- um, I drove here in a 2014 <laughs> Honda Civic. That gives you any idea. All right, the lifestyle we're accustomed to. Next, <laughs> next week, you know what we have on next week, Barry? No, Jack Rabbit from Big Takeover Magazine. You know Big Takeover Magazine? Uh, it's been around since like the 80s. Jack no. Rabbit. Uh, well, anyway, he's, he's kind of a big deal. All right, he's a much bigger deal than you. No, I'm, I'm yeah. Jack it. Rabbit. We're going to be talking about Jerry it's a low Lee. Bar to get over <laughs> Jerry Lee really Lewis. is Jerry Lee Lewis live at the Star Club, which is uh, I listened to a little bit. That's pretty rocket man. Yep. Uh, the Killer, Jerry Lee Lewis. We're going to be was talking actually about actually a killer with, uh, yeah. with Jack. Well, we'll get we'll get we'll get into that with Jack. I'm sure. Yeah. And also, I want to say one more thing. Coming in late September next month is going to be our first That Record Got Me High live concert live. event. That's right. And that's wow. all I'm going to say now. That's all I'm going to say. But it's coming the end. Well, that's and intriguing. Uh, see? Yeah. Gary, <laughs> Gary's ears pricked up. Yeah. <laughs> first time. What the tonight. hell? <laughs> no, but uh, thanks again, Gary, for uh, picking this record and coming yes. in. Yes. Oh, you thanks for having time? me. Do you have a good time? Do you enjoy this? Oh, yeah. I, can, I wonder sometimes if people like halfway through, they're going, oh, well, is this over? <laughs> But you enjoy it, right? Yeah, yeah. What else do you have to do? Yeah, nothing really. Nothing I at all. I think so. 
All right, so once again, uh, this is That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, my heart's a beating rhythm, and my soul is singing the blues. Hey, 